Meteorological Monday, Science Wednesday, and Open Line Friday. There's only one place in the universe. Welcome to the Weather Jazz Podcast. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bordier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 309 for Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. Check your podcast app. There's nothing wrong with it, really. And no, I did not release an episode last Friday or on Monday. Life got crazy, as it often does for almost everybody. And every once in a while, I simply have to take a step back and attend to things which have uh, taken the front burner. So this back burner issue is now on the front burner, and it is Science Wednesday. And on this Science Wednesday, we will continue with our tour of our very own astronomical backyard, the solar system. And the next object up for study will be Jupiter. And I'm going to be doing something a little bit different with Jupiter coming up in a bit. I'll explain more of that as we get into and dive into some of the really quirky and interesting attributes of this gas giant coming up in just a little while. But before we do that, I would like to go deep, deep into space because NASA has released an interesting little tidbit of information that may in fact interest you. And it goes right along with this study of our very own backyard in terms of astronomy, the solar system, but we'll go beyond it. According to NASA, Not so long ago, humanity lived in a universe with only a small number of known planets. And, of course, we are taking the time to study these particular objects on Science Wednesday. And all of them orbit our own sun. And that's another object that we will visit also in this series. However, there's a brand new raft of discoveries marking a scientific high point. More than 5,000 planets are now confirmed to exist beyond our solar system. Well, how do we know that? Well, the planetary odometer turned on March the 21st to include now 5,000 plus with the latest batch of 65 what are known as exoplanets. What are exoplanets? Those are planets discovered outside our immediate solar family, the solar system. And they've recently been added to the NASA Exoplanet Archive. There's an official website that pretty much keeps track of those kinds of things. That archive records exoplanet discoveries that appear in peer-reviewed scientific papers that have been confirmed using 
not just one method, but multiple detection methods or by analytical techniques. Now, if you go to weatherjazz.com and go to episode number 309, the Jupiter episode, you will see an artist's rendering of what this Jupiter-mass planet orbiting a nearby star, better known as Epsilon Eridani, which is located 10.5 light-years away from Earth. It's a very cool image. You will get to see that it almost looks like Jupiter. But remember, this is an artist rendering. So maybe a little bit of artistic liberty. Nevertheless, it is a very attractive-looking artist rendering of uh, what appears to be a planet from a different solar system. And, of course, the Lord really has a way of really being creative, so it would not surprise me to see something like you're going to see in the image, the artist rendering. Again, go to episode number 309 of weatherjazz.com to have a look. We're going to take a little bit of a break right here. When we come back, we'll start digging into the really cool, quirky oddities of the first gas giant in the solar system, Jupiter. Don't go away. We are back and we're talking about the planet Jupiter. Jupiter is, in fact, the largest solar system planet that we have. It's a gas giant, but with some interesting little nuances that we'll get into. And I've always thought about this gas giant thing, wondering if we could design a spacecraft that could withstand the pressures, the internal pressures of a gas giant, and the temperature, for that matter, could we send a satellite straight through the planet. And I'll answer that coming up in just a little bit, but let's get back to some of the basics of Jupiter in our solar system tour on this Wednesday. Jupiter, the gas giant, actually has a mass more than two and a half times than that of all the other planets in the solar system combined. Think about that. If you took every single planet in the solar system, took Jupiter out, and you put all of them together, they're still not going to be as massive as Jupiter, the total mass being much, much higher. Really something to think about. So obviously Jupiter is the giant of the solar system. It is the giant of our astronomical backyard. Jupiter is also the third brightest natural object in the Earth's night sky, that after the moon and Venus. Now, notice I said night sky. It would be the fourth brightest object in the sky if you included the sun. So what is Jupiter made of since it's a gas giant? It is primarily composed of hydrogen. However, there is some helium. It constitutes about one quarter of the mass and about a tenth of its total volume. However, here is kind of an interesting little element about this gas giant. It does likely have a rocky core of heavier elements. However, 
Unlike the other giant planets, Jupiter lacks a well-defined solid surface. It's kind of like a Slurpee, where you have mostly a gaseous element of the sphere that we see from Earth. But because towards the center of Jupiter, the pressures are so intense, there is likely some solid elements to it, but really lacking a definitive surface. So again, it's a bit like a Slurpee in the sense that you have this rocky element toward the middle. So could you pass a satellite through, right through this gas giant? Chances are you couldn't, as it would likely encounter one of these solid chunks somewhere in the middle in its traverse through the center of Jupiter. Now, what we see from Planet Earth, when we look at Jupiter through telescopes or through some of the cameras of the probes that we've sent past Jupiter, we are looking at the outer atmosphere, the gaseous elements of Jupiter. If you look at Jupiter, you will see a very well-segregated banding of the atmosphere. This is the visible segregation, which essentially would be related to the turbulence and the storms along the interacting boundaries. There are many boundaries on Jupiter. And a prominent result of this boundary turbulence, obviously, the Great Red Spot. It's been around for a long time. And as far as we know, this giant storm has known to have existed since, at the very least, the 17th century. And that's when telescopes first saw it. Now, we didn't discover this element of Jupiter until relatively recently when we started sending probes up there. But surrounding Jupiter is a faint planetary ring system, very similar to that of Saturn, but obviously much more faint. And it also, meaning Jupiter, has a powerful magnetosphere. In fact, this magnetic tail is nearly 500 million miles long, covering almost the distance between Jupiter and Saturn. Okay, what about Jupiter's moons? Well, there are 80 known moons. That's right, 80 known moons. And many of them were discovered with the probes that we sent up there because even the best telescopes have not been able to resolve some of the smaller moons that are rotating around Jupiter. So as far as we know, there are 80, but there probably would be a few more out there undiscovered yet. However, what we're going to need is some improved technology to place on some new space probes, and perhaps we'll discover even more than the 80 that are known. But for the time being, for those Earth-bound and looking at Venus through a pair of binoculars, you can see four of Jupiter's moons. These are called the Galilean moons, and the reason is because Galileo Galilei, when he first developed his telescope, looked at Jupiter and could see those four moons. Those four moons have a name and have had a name for quite some time. They are Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. And coming up in the next couple of episodes, we will take a closer look at those four moons. That's coming up in the next couple of Wednesdays. Pioneer 10. 
That was the first spacecraft to visit Jupiter, making its closest approach way back in December of 1973. Obviously, technology has improved since then. And so we've had a number of other probes visit Jupiter, some on a flyby to other planets using the planet Jupiter to increase the speed, almost a slingshot effect to get to some of the planets that are beyond Jupiter. And some of those probes included Voyager, which had some missions between 1973 and 1979, the Galileo Orbiter, which arrived at Jupiter in 1995, and in 2007, New Horizons visited Jupiter and then used its gravity, again, that slingshot effect to increase its speed, bending its trajectory because eventually New Horizons will be heading towards Pluto. A couple more interesting things about uh, the planet Jupiter, which is easily visible here from Earth, is its mass. Now, we initially talked about the mass being greater than all of the other planets combined. But what about when we compare it to Earth? Now, here's an interesting comparison. Kind of puts things into perspective. The mass of Jupiter equals about 320 Earths combined. That is a whole lot of mass. And we'll wrap up with this bit of interesting information about Jupiter. It has an orbital period. In other words, the time it takes to rotate around the sun. Its year is essentially 11.862 Earth years or about 12 years or so. Which brings me to an interesting historical perspective in the sense that Jupiter was considered the king of the planets. Why? Well, because of its 12-year orbital period. It essentially matched it to the 12 constellations in the zodiac, and so it moved through a new constellation every single year. By the way, we've got a great couple of images on weatherjazz.com episode number 309 from some of the space probes that have gone past, and also one which shows what looks like a blue light bulb at the very top of the poles. That's because Jupiter is actually a very active planet when it comes to aurora or auroral-type activity. The solar wind getting caught in the very strong magnetosphere of Jupiter and causing the upper atmosphere of Jupiter to light up. Again, those images you will find on episode number 309, Jupiter at weatherjazz.com. Now, due to time restraints and because I was unable to release a Friday and a Monday episode recently, I'd like to very quickly thank those of you that support Weather Jazz to make this podcast what it is. Victoria Singer, Kian Galunas, Dale Osborne, Will and Tonya Krause, Christine Barnes, Rose Moore, Bill Martin, and Andrea Rich. And we'll highlight those again on Friday and tell you how you can become a supporter of Weather Jazz. It's easy. Just go to the supporter tab and it'll tell you everything you need to know. So what's coming up on Open Line Friday right here on Weather Jazz? We'll be talking with Dante Jones. I was going to release that last Friday again with time escaping through my fingers. Was not able to put it together but uh, I think I'm going to be able to do that coming up on Friday. It will be well worth 
your time. If you caught the first episode that we had with Dante, you know that he is just a delightful person and his laugh is infectious. And I can guarantee you there were quite a few laughs as we put this uh, together, oh, about a week or so ago. So join me then. In the meantime, today, keep an eye in the sky for the potential for severe weather in the Ohio Valley on Wednesday, which is exactly why the National Weather Service has postponed the siren test that was supposed to take place today, Wednesday, for Severe Weather Awareness Week. Whenever there's the potential for severe weather on a day where they initially were going to test the sirens, they postpone that to a later time. They don't want people to get confused between an actual siren blast or a test one. So the test one will be put on hold. There'll be a new date for that test to occur. In the meantime, keep an eye in the sky, keep an eye on radar. All kinds of great radar apps will help you to do that too. We'll see you on Friday right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Weather Jazz Podcast.